Hey everybody, this episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Head Trip, the new raunchy party game where players answer ridiculous questions from the point of view of ridiculous people. And now, on with the show. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And here we are, friends. My name's Ruel, hanging out with my regular co-hosts, Chris and Ray. And we've got a very special guest today, Grant Lyon. Grant, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, super excited about this. Now, this is a, um, a a topic that's near and dear to all of our hearts. I think I can say honestly say we're all big fans of party games here. And oh, yeah. um, so we've got 10 of the best, what we consider the best uh, folks out there. So why don't we kick things off? We're going to jump right into it. Uh, Chris, you've got our number 10. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to have a party with all four of you. This is the party that I've been waiting for my entire life. Yes. I've been sending out the invitations every one of my birthdays, and finally, it's almost coming. It's coming true <laughs> early. Um, so I'm excited for this this party game. Uh, number ten, number ten on our collective list is a game that I played just recently. Uh, and it still made the spot because it's so fun. I think Ray was telling me a little story about this. The first time this game didn't hit uh, at, at uh, before before the camera started rolling, so I'm sure she'll yeah. she'll contribute. But this is that's sure. not a hat. Um, that's not a hat. Is is cockroach poker meets some memorization uh, elements to it. It's it's really really good and. And I really didn't expect it to be good, and it's it's very good. Uh, it, it basically everybody gets a uh, a little item in front of them, a picture, right? You might have some pants, you might have a hat, you might have a snow globe, whatever it is. Everybody flips it up. You look at everybody's picture, great. Then everybody turns their pictures face down, and then somebody draws a new card, which will have like a, a new item on it, and then there'll be an arrow, uh, which will tell them which way to push their their other item. And so you're trying to keep track of these items going back and forth, swapping back and forth. And whenever you pass an item to something to somebody, you say, hey, that's a blank. That's a that's some pants. That's a snow globe. That's a hat. That's a banana. And as long as you don't get called on it, that's what that thing is. But if you get called on it and you weren't telling the truth, if you had forgotten, uh, then then the person uh, then you have to keep the card. And the first person to get, th- I think, three cards uh, loses the game. It's fast, it's frenetic, it's furious, and it's fun. Um, it, it's it, The premise itself sounds like it shouldn't be that good, but it is very, very good. And it's something that I absolutely want to add to my collection. Um, and we just played round after round of it. And and when you play more than one round, then you get started to get confused from the previous round. But that adds to the fun because everybody's like, what's going on? Sometimes people take a bold strategy of being like, yep, that's a hat. And that's a hat, too. And that's a hat, too. And you just you feel so intimidated. You can't call them on it. You, you know, it's pants, but you can't call it on. It. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I, I just think this is a really, really solid game, a solid release and uh, re- really cheap, too. It's just a small, small box. Easy to buy, easy to play, plays great with a lot of people. Uh, that's not a hat. Nice. Uh, I love this game. I'm so yeah. glad this is on your list. Yeah. I I love that's not a hat. And I, there are so many things I, I want to say about it, but one of my favorite things that you brought up, which is this game sounds bad. And mm-hmm. one of my favorite right. things is games that sound bad, but are actually fantastic. <laughs> games and you describe yeah. them, like even just now, you did a great explanation, but I can hear myself it's, like it's if I sounded- hadn't played it being like, Huh? Oh yeah, that it sucks. It, it, it sounds like, like it remember sucks. five cards, the game. And that's like all it is. But it's yeah, it's so well executed. And there's I my favorite thing is there com- becomes almost this like internal like language of if you say most confidently this is a boot, it just becomes a boot, and it has some of the greatest <laughs> reveals in any mm-hmm. game of its size that I've seen. Where at the end of the game we flip it over and it wasn't a boot the entire time, but you <laughs> yeah. just gaslit everybody at the table because you said it confidently enough <laughs> ten minutes ago that it was a boot. Those moments 
are absolutely fantastic. My one yeah. caveat, which you, you brought up, is that this game recently bombed at a game night for me. Um, so my my warning to all of you is don't play this game with a room full of medical students, which is what I tried to do last weekend. <laughs> Turns out they don't like uh, memorizing arbitrary information for fun. I'm sitting here being like, I'm using my brain in a fun new way because my entire job is creative. So memorizing like discrete things like that is not a part of my brain I use. If you have someone for whom that is their their day in and their day out, if they just do flashcards all day, not a car, not a game that they're going to enjoy. But outside uh, of that one fluke, yeah, outside of that one fluke, this game is always such a huge success for me. And I do love that when I pitch it to people, they're like, huh? And then I'm like, just mm -hmm. play it. And by the end of the night, they're like, oh, that's brilliant. That's it's yeah. one of those games where I'm like, how is how hasn't this been made before? Because um, yeah, yeah. it, it's such a fantastic concept. It's funny talking about the medical students. You know, they they have their brains wrapped around. <laughs> they uh, yeah, they they have their brains wrapped around. <laughs> oh, I don't know, things like saving people's lives. You know, they're, they're yeah. yeah. No, I watched them like malfunction in real time, trying to remember five cards. They were like, I my brain has no space for this arbitrary information anymore. <laughs> well, you just need to make it like weird body parts that they need to learn. Weird mm, organs. There you go. There, there you go. go. <laughs> I, uh, I do say every time I teach this game, I always preface it by saying. You will be bad at this game. Everybody is bad at this game. That is yes, what that's makes a good it caveat. Really yeah. fun. Like, because yeah. some people are like, oh, I'm going to go. And you're like, no, no, no. You won't be able Just to do vibe that. Just five Really hard. You won't be able to. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 And I, it's crazy how people can come into it with a lot of confidence. So they're like, oh, I, I'm great with memory. And then after one yeah. round, they're like, shoot, yeah. there is everything. Like, it's wild not. how quickly you lose track of stuff. It's 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 really almost insidious. Like, it doesn't seem difficult when you're doing an example round. The second yeah. you try to actually remember stuff, it's really hard. I also really yeah. love the story behind it. And whenever I'm playing this, I always lean into the story. Because mm. when you get a new gift, you don't give away that gift that would be rude. You yeah. give away the older <laughs> gift that you have. And if you should mess it up some point, you take a new gift, but you have just messed it up. You don't deserve a new gift. <laughs> it's, it's sort That's of like great. calling board games. You know, you get a new board game, exactly. you should get rid of the old one. Folks, if you want to hear more about our thoughts on calling games, be sure to hit click the links below for um, our friend, uh, the board game therapist, talks uh, us out yeah. uh, during the extended uh, edition of the show. So be sure to click that uh, to find out all the all about what we're talking about here. Yeah, um, if you want to watch me have a, re a real time panic attack at just the thought of giving away a game, go watch the pre show. <laughs> um, so yeah, great choice, uh, awesome game. That's not a hat. Uh, let's move on to our number nine, and I believe this one goes to Ray. All right, so our number nine is going to be one of my absolute favorite, favorite party games. It combines two of my favorite mechanics, social deduction and drawing, and that is A Fake Artist Goes to New York by nice. Oink. I love Oink games. I think I've already talked about like three Oink games since I joined the channel. I, I really love what they do over there. That is, uh, that's got a photo of a different game on top of it, Rule, if you want to just note that from <laughs> And that one as well. That's a spoiler for Who knows a later if that's going to Well, it might be honorable mentions. Who knows? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, it's it's endless. <laughs> it's endless. Oh my feels, goodness. Feels like uh the the pictures are in cahoots with each other. They are totally in cahoots <laughs> with each other. <laughs> oh, right, continue talking about Fake Artists Goes to New York. Please. Sure. So, Fake Artists Goes to New York is a social deduction game where everybody is they're going to have you're going to have one like whiteboard or piece of paper. The game comes with a really teeny tiny little whiteboard or drawing pad i like to just use a regular standard like paper yeah. size whiteboard for this game um and everyone's gonna be drawing a thing and everybody knows what thing we're drawing except for one person who has no idea what we're drawing they are given a broad category so say it's like water skiing that's the thing we're all drawing the the fake artist will know that the category is say sports so they have some frame of reference which is a mechanic that I re that I really like in this that sets it apart from other social deduction games where you're you just are have like no information I like you have some frame of reference for what we're drawing and you're going to go around the circle twice and everybody is going to draw something it can be just its own like self-contained thing like it can be a ski or it can be you can add on to other people's drawings and you can kind of create this one big communal drawing i've seen people play it both yeah, ways both are equally as fun and your goal as a real artist 
is to signal to your other real artists that you know it's water skiing, but to not give it away to the fake that the word is water skiing. It functions like every other social deduction game like this, where if the fake artist can identify what it is that we're drawing, even if they are outed as the fake and they can say, I've figured it out, it's water skiing, they still win. So you, as a real artist, have to be vague enough with your drawings to not give it away to the fake. Um, but also be poignant enough that your other real artists don't suspect you as the fake. And it's just one of my favorite social deduction games. It's nice and quick. It's not one of these, because social deduction can be kind of a tricky genre. And we're going to talk about that maybe a little bit later about what social deduction games count as party games. Mm -hmm. This can be super quick, super fast, and really creative. Um, I just, I've been playing this game forever. It's one of my favorites. Uh, in in the party genre, um, the one thing I want is I really want like a really clean digital implementation of this game because I think this would be super fun to play on stream. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a fake artist goes to New York. I don't have much more to say about it. It is just your basic social deduction drawing game executed really well um, and a great intro to the genre as well for folks who are maybe a little bit scared to lie to their friends for like an hour. <laughs> this <laughs> is like just gotta lie for a few minutes. Um, and I do like that it has that mechanic where it gives you a little bit of information so you're not just like solely based on like lying and, and swimming around in the dark. Can, can I ask, yeah. have you played also both the chameleon and detective club? I have. Yeah. And I prefer this game to both of those. And that That's kind of what I wanted to ask. Why do you yeah. like this one? So to anybody that doesn't know, the chameleon is sort of this same concept, but no drawing, just talking. And yeah. detective club is sort of the same concept, but uh, Dixit abstract artwork yeah. cards. Yeah. So why do you like this one more than those other ones? I I like this one more than the other ones because it you can form a little bit more of a story with this one. The way you're at it, it feels more interactive. Like with Chameleon, you just have to say something and like yeah. not crack a smile and not say something <laughs> yeah. accidentally really dumb. That's like that's your goal. In fake artists, there's a little bit more of a space to I can't say that word to um to wow i cannot think of a synonym for the swear word i really want to say <laughs> there's more space to just make stuff up yep. right yeah and to yeah. and to build off of each other there's that interactivity of we're all drawing this like you can even see in the shut up and sit down video like the nonsense of just everybody's like building on top of each other there's a creative sort of whimsy to this it's not yeah. just that sheer terror that I feel in comedian. <laughs> um, that it's just my preference. It it is yeah, the the meeting ground of those two. Like your your visual social deduction, just your your word social deduction. It marries the two really nicely. I do oh. love both those other games yeah. as well. Yeah, totally. No, I, and I agree. It's probably easier. It's a little bit easier to blend in in this game because you can kind of just draw a shape and draw it poorly and be like, no, I know what I'm talking about, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a little bit more forgiving on the on the fake yeah, than I some other ones can be. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a I think that's a great point, Ray, because I'm not the biggest social deduction fan and it's but something like this for someone that's new to it, it is very forgiving, right? And it's uh quick enough where you know the game uh, goes by in what twenty minutes or so. It's it's really quick yeah, game, so you're not you yeah. don't have to s sit there and sweat for an hour. You know, trying to figure out uh, trying to figure out if you yeah. can lie to all these uh, new people that you, yeah. you just met uh, yeah. at a game night. Um, I really love Oink Games and what they do. Yes, with all those, I mean, they're all pretty much the same size box, right? And but they have so many different genres, so many different mechanisms, and. I don't know who selects their games, but every almost every single one of them hits with me and my group. And again, I'm not For the sure. biggest social deduction fan, but Fake Artist Goes to New York has I've been, I've played it plenty of times. And it's always been a great time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that drawing aspect of it. That I'm a mm -hmm. I'm a horrible drawer, yep. and so like I'm always going to be <laughs> suspect in this game. And I yeah. just think that that really adds to the fun. This was on my short list as well. So ah, yeah, cool. nice. Okay, um, let's uh, move on here. What what are we? What number are we on? I, I'm losing track. We're on number eight. eight. Oh, is that me? number eight? So it's it's probably you or it's Grant, but I think it's probably you. It is me. Yeah. So why don't I uh, get this ready? So number eight. Okay. Uh, this well, there was no way this was not going to be on my list. Uh, this one's a, a newer game, a newish game. I, I would say I, I should say, um, but it came out from 25th Century Games. It is a game called Green Team Wins. Now, 
Green Team wins for me. Uh, this is a type of party game that I really enjoy uh, because it is one of those games that is super simple to describe in like a minute or two. And uh, we're here. Here's Kimberly Tolson, one of the contributors to the channel, playing all the different characters. I love this. Um, so Green Team wins. It's a game where you have different cards and you're going to fill in your answer to either like a uh, we have a fill in the blank here or we have pick one of three and so forth. And you write on your That's board, and then you re reveal at the same time, and then whoever has whatever the majority is, you all get a point going to and go to the green team. If you're originally on the, if you're already on the green team, you're going to get a bonus point. If you are not in the majority, you go over to the orange team. You don't get a point, and then you start a new round. It's 15 rounds. You play that 15 rounds in like less than 15 minutes, and then the most points win. Um, that's it. That is like such a great, great game. I, it's one of those things where I feel like I've played this game before, but not in this like format or whatever. And just the novelty of, hey, we're all on the green team. Yay, we get a bonus point. And then it's like, oh, darn it. Why don't you guys write down my answer? Now I've got to go to the orange team. Boo. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. I play this with all kinds of groups. Uh, gamers, we love it as a filler. New gamers, they want to play it over and over again because it's so much fun and like trying to suss out like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't, uh, you know, choose this answer rather than this, or this was the obvious answer. What are you thinking? Um, it, it's got a lot of fun interaction like that. And that's why it's our number eight on the list. Green team wins. Nice. Yeah. I mean, to me, one of the things that makes good party games is games that are memorable, that create memorable moments. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. And I think Green Team Wins is a great game at that. You will always walk away with an inside joke where you're like, I can't believe Jeff <laughs> thinks this thing here, you know, whatever it is. But I think you always walk away from Green Team with a bit of a story to tell amongst your friends. That's... It's also really fun just like talking trash and stuff. I, I like, oh, yeah. I like uh, you know, party games that create that sort of um, – you know, your friend group is is what are making the jokes up and that sort of stuff. And I think Green yeah. Team Wins is great at allowing your friend group to talk trash and to have fun with that aspect of it. Oh, yeah, totally. I know uh, one of the groups I play with, actually really close friends of uh, mine, the, the main group that I play this with, you know, there's always that thing like, oh you know whatever the uh the the clue was oh well we all know ruel plays the yellow people all the time or whatever and it you know turns out he doesn't or he, he does or whatever those type of moments i i, I really appreciate grant and right. you know you have those stories to go on and it's always it, it's it's fun because when you get back when you bring it to a new group then you sort of see okay the dynamics change because yeah. when i bring this to my family mm -hmm. when we play on like during family holidays it's totally different especially when you know i have like my 10 year old niece and we have you know my mother and it, it's just hilarious uh to see what people think and of I, certain clues and i will I will die on certain hills in this game. Oh yeah, dude. totally. <laughs> what is what is the fruit with the most annoying seeds? Every time I have played this game, watermelon wins for the no, fruit with the most no, annoying that's seeds. Wrong. It is that's grapes. Wrong. You are not expecting oh. there to be seeds in grapes. Nobody has ever expected. You don't buy grapes assuming there is going to be seeds in the yeah. grapes. It's infuriating. Like. If I, I would have said, I would have said nectarine. Nectarine. It's a multiple choice one. And so I think the multiple yeah. choice is what I'm like remembering this specific card. It's a multiple choice one. And I think the card is lemons, um, watermelons, or grapes. And watermelon wins it every time. And no. I think it's BS. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that it's grapes. And that it's grapes 100%. In those three I'm, choices, yeah. I'd 100% pick grapes. For and sure. watermelon always wins it. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I love that you know that watermelon's going to win. Yet you, you stick to your guns. You are yeah. sticking to grapes every time. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's our number eight, friends. A green team wins. Uh, let's move on. We've got our number seven uh, from our guest of honor, Grant. What do you have for us for number seven? Yeah, as I just mentioned, I like party games that create memorable moments that that get you talking about them afterwards, that you don't walk away remembering who won the game. You walk away remembering this one joke or this one moment and things like that. And I think one of the best games at doing that is Telestrations. Oh, so yeah. Telestrations is number seven. I mean, I have owned this game for 
a long, long time, and I don't know that I have ever kept score when I am playing <laughs> illustrations because that's not the point of the game. Sure, there is a way to score and everything, but it's about flipping the stuff and laughing at what people drew and guessed. And we all, anybody who's played this game remembers a specific moment when they're like, it started as this and it became this by the end. So if you don't know, Telestrations is like the little kid game telephone, but instead of whispering something into somebody's ear, you are drawing something, passing it, that person is guessing what you drew, then you're passing it, then you're guessing what they drew, then you're, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it's definitely one I want to play with big groups, you know? Telestrations is not something I play with, like, less than six players, I feel like, ever, because the more you pass, the sillier it gets. Uh, And I also, um, you know, I'm terrible at drawing, and this is a game that rewards bad drawers. When someone's like, oh, I'm bad at drawing, and I'm like, no, 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 that makes this game better. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I want to play with you then. Yeah, this is this was definitely one of my top choices for this list. I love Telestrations. I think I've gone through like three copies uh, in my lifetime of this game. I've gifted like two of the games uh, two twice. I I can remember where we played the game and then whoever I was playing with, I just gave them the copy because they loved it so much. Um, Yeah. And Grant, you are a hundred percent right. The worse you are at drawing, the better this game is. Because yeah. I've actually played yeah. with people that knew how to draw. I'm like, okay, yeah, that is obviously what you drew. It was but, <laughs> yeah. like you're just amazing. Yeah. You're Great. just awesome. <laughs> yeah. But then when I draw something, it's like, oh, this could be like a thousand different things, and that's where the fun comes in when people start <laughs> yeah. misinterpreting. Yeah. I'm awful yeah, at drawing, sure. so yeah. I like it for that reason. For sure. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. I'm so glad this was on your list, Grant. This was going to be one of mine. Um, initially and i'm glad you ended up talking about it so that i don't sound like i'm just seeding my own <laughs> my own publisher's games into this because uh, this is one of the games that we make at the op and it's just one of the most classic op games there is it's such an iconic um just thing to have in your party game collection um and i think one yeah. of my favorite things about it is something you mentioned which is that you never keep score one of the things that yeah. i think party games do the best right is they're really good with those non-gaming crowds they bring people into the hobby but there's always that one person who hasn't learned to like not take it too seriously yet there's always yeah, that one yeah. person who will over gamify the party game, but you're like trying to loosen up trying to get them to play a game and they're like still too like type a about it and want to know how to game the rules telestrations yeah. is like the game i bring out with that person i'm like there are no rules you just never tell them about the scoring mechanic ever yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like the perfect game for if you have that person who just needs that extra push to just not take it too seriously telestrations is just is absolutely perfect for that um, and i will also say if you've been playing this game for a long time one of my favorite things to do with this game is to pick like um because a lot of times i won't even use the cards i'll just have people write whatever they want yeah, and one of my favorite things to do with that is themes yeah i love if you haven't yet do a board game theme do like you have okay. to write like a weird sentence and have a board game reference in there somewhere like a goblin sneaking in at night to steal my dice something like that make it like board game related <laughs> it can be a really fun twist in it i do it a lot with my gaming group yeah yeah that's fantastic i like that a lot yeah i think that's, that's i think that's that's huge i think the the cards that are in there uh, i think because they're so small they're usually kind of like one word or two word yeah. like you want it to be zany so that yeah. the so that it's very hard to draw and if it's yes. easy to draw, then it then it is less fun. As like you're like, okay, I just drew it perfectly. Like I'll never try yeah. draw anything perfectly, but um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I I love that idea of everybody just write something funny and then yeah. pass yeah. it to the next person, yeah. right? Like you don't even need to have cards that are shuffled. You just be like, okay, everybody write yeah. something funny. Like you or get even to choose. if you feel like not creative yeah. enough, take that initial word that you get and mm-hmm. turn it into a sentence. Like if you're nice. if you're having so, if you're yeah. bad at just like pulling something out of the void. Have everyone draw a word, and then you'd say like, "Build a sentence off this word." Because I feel I find when mm. it's a sentence, it gets wackier and zanier. Yeah, and it be a lot yeah. we've done it before where we, you have to write a concept, so it's not a. Ooh, I like that. So yeah. How do you draw existential dread? I love <laughs> that. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. All right. Great choice, uh, Grant. Uh, number seven, Telestrations. We've got number six coming up. Uh, Richard is going to be joining us from um, Mexico. I believe it's number six. Yeah, we are number six. So, Richard, uh, take it away. Hey, everybody. Okay. Party games are tough for me uh, because generally I only play uh, two-player with my wife. And party games traditionally don't work very well two-player or usually not at all because they're for higher gaming groups. And so it is tough for a good party game design to work well at two. 
And yet it does happen sometimes, folks. And those are party games I'm looking for. And our number six on the list is my second favorite party game of all time for this specific reason. It is Oneironauts, which is basically, what do you get if you take the wonderful party gameplay of Dixit, make it fully cooperative, and then make sure it works really well as a two-player game. And somehow, Oneironauts pulls it off. Jen and I enjoy this as a fun little fast-playing, 15-minute filler, two-player uh, cooperative game, but it works at higher player counts as well. And uh, it works so well. In fact, I mean, Dixit um, is, is a game I own, and I'll be talking about Dixit and a few other games in the pro show. In the Folks, if you don't know, there's a link down in the show notes. You can go to the extended edition of this, and myself and everybody else are going to talk about additional games that didn't make the list. I've got several more to talk about. Um, uh, you know, And generally speaking, I look for party games that Jen and I can play by ourselves. And, uh, you know, an Ironauts d- delivers. But... How does it work? I haven't even said that. Basically, every round, there's going to be a card with a concept on it that's drawn. Everybody has to pick a beautiful Dixit-style abstract art card from their hand, put it face down into a pile, and then one random extra card is put into the pile as well. Then they're shuffled up, revealed, and everybody has to simultaneously guess which of the revealed cards is the one that was chosen randomly. Um, And that's it. I've just explained the rules. The more people get it right, the more points we get. We're trying to um, score a certain number of points before time runs out. Although we can earn extra rounds to give ourselves more time if everybody can get it right on a given round. And those are really good feeling rounds. But still, the game is sharp, it's fun, it's fast. Dixit, uh, traditionally, I have had a hard time teaching it to people because of some of the complexity of the rules and the strategy. Here, it's nice and simple and elegant. I could be up and running in less than a minute. Everybody is going to have a good time. Everybody's going to laugh a lot. and Everybody's going to want to play it again immediately because it is so much fun. Interestingly, uh, a game is from Ukrainian publishers, the same uh, developers who brought us Mysterium. And um, I don't know why, but nobody has picked this up for why distribution. And, um, you know, Game Right, other party game publishers out there, the op, contact um, them because this game is fantastic. Right now, the only way you can get it, I believe, is to order directly from the Ukrainian publisher. But this should be available to more people because using cooperative games in a party scenario is, I think, the best way to convert people into board game fans. And often, uh, you know, these games have a little bit more complexity, but this one is so pure and clean and simple and elegant and beautiful. It is just the bee's knees. I've talked about this many times on the channel. I'm going to continue talking about it until somebody in the industry picks this thing up for wider distribution so everybody can enjoy it as much as me. That's number five on our list, folks. Oneironauts. Okay, gang, back to you. Okay, Oneironauts. Um... You know, he sort of called out. He's like, "Hey, why doesn't the op mm-hmm. pick this up?" I, I would love to see this. Oh, I'll send an email after this. Very, yeah, what I can do. <laughs> Please do. I would love to see this in the wire hand, oh, a, a bigger audience because it does seem really cool. I like that. Um, anything like Dixit, I think, is a really good uh, way to get people to play. You know, a game, a party game that is. But I just want a new name. I didn't know what how to pronounce this for like year yeah, one. Yeah. Iron mm. Ot Oniron. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but. Yeah. O-Neaters. O-Neaters. Yeah, it's the O-Neaters, yeah. folks. Um, thank you, Grant. I appreciate that thing you do. Um, thank so- you. I'm glad somebody got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so just rename it, and but keep that Dixon art, and I would I would love to play this. Um, I, I think it looks fantastic. Um, has anyone played this game, or have you even heard of this no. game? Like, I no, never I, heard of it. Yeah. I was struck by um, by Richard saying like, "Oh, it's cooperative. It's like Dixit. It plays great at two players." And and I was like, "Well," and then he mentioned Mysterium in the same breath. I'm like, "Well, it's kind of kind of feels Mysterium asked to me in terms yep. of that yeah that that range." But I haven't played this one no. Yeah. So yeah, you get that Mysterium thing. Like I'm I'm definitely interested in that. I I, like I think that. this was. was Mostly just Richard trying to prove that he has been around in this hobby longer than any of us. He's mentioned it so many times, yeah. about, like on so <laughs> many shows, at least three, at least three lists before this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. 
We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Let's, uh, we've got, so that's our first five. Let's go to our top five now. And we're going to come back to Chris for number five on the list. Oh, I'll wait to be number one because mine's the best. You're number one. In okay, my heart, fine. Chris. I'll do it now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I vehemently believe that this is the best party game out there. This is by far number one. This is my number one game for for people who hate games. Um, maybe, yeah, I think so. I think. I mean, we got to take a firm stance. Don't know. Maybe it's here. It is. Uh, it's gonna get a clickbait title. So yeah, go for uh, it. It's now my number one game of all time. Um, and and everyone here, it's all four of our number one games of all time. But it's but it's, it's happening at number five on our list. Uh, this is this is the game that uh, takes code names and makes it better. Uh, and it is Wavelength. Um, wavelength, I think, and, and there's one reason that, that I'll explain why, why I think it is better than Codename. So Wavelength is so slick in terms of uh, you you have a clue, and that clue is sort of a, a range, basically. So you can see this this magic dial that's being shown on the screen right now by the lovely, lovely <laughs> Grant Lyon, um, which I definitely knew it was Grant's video before I uh, <laughs> I, I started talking. Um, you can see that that Grant loves this game. This is from Grant's uh, top ten uh, games of all time. It's appearing at its number one. Uh, go look it up. It's, it's the truth. Uh, check him out. Hey, if you think I'm lying, go subscribe to him on YouTube. Um, but uh, yeah, so you'll have this range of uh, of of something. It might be hot and cold. Let's say hot and cold, and then you'll spin that dial so that it it ends up on a spot, and only the clue giver will get to see where where the clue ends up, and then you cover it up. You cover it up so nobody knows where that is, and then you give a clue, and people have to put a little like pointy stick, that stick that's being moved uh, around, but they have to do it blind in order to try to hit that sort of bullseye, that that four pointer. And if you do, if you sync up, you get on the same wavelength as the clue giver, you'll get the points. And if you don't, sometimes you're completely off. Uh, and and all of the cards are more interesting than hot and cold. There's a hot and cold in there, but there's sometimes like good person and bad person. And then you might say someone around the table, right? And then you can you can talk about how good they are or bad they are. It, it just it 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 gives it gives all the loving the great um, clue giving that code names brings. But it also you don't have to wait until the game is over to talk about it. And that's what I really love about this is that in code names, the code, the spy master has to be completely silent, keep on giving up the clues. Like you can't reveal anything, but at the end of each round, you're like, Hey, did we get that? Oh no. You can laugh about it. You can talk about uh, the funny things that happened. And it creates that, that discussion point, which I think is really important for party games as a vehicle for discussion and for laughter and, and jokes and fun. Uh, you can always talk about the thing that just happened instead of having one person, person be sitting in silent and keeping a poker face but yeah wavelength is just so fantastic it's a uh, it's it's i've never seen it miss in terms of uh party games and uh was number one uh my what was my number one uh thought whenever when we were told to come up with this list yeah i uh, oh go ahead grant are you okay um <laughs> i i sort of put uh party games oftentimes in sort of two buckets there's the silly and the thoughtful. And this mm -hmm. would be for me in like the top of my thoughtful bucket. Like this is nice. definitely a thinkier, a sort of, uh, you know, quieter, figure it out sort of game, but it does it in such an interesting way. So I really like it too. Yeah, I com I completely agree. I love Wavelength. The only, only thing I have to say, Chris, is I... I don't understand where your codenames comparison is coming from at all. What? It was oh. nothing like codenames. Really? I agree. <laughs> I, I possibly even like it more than codenames. I 
Liz, I have no clue where you're coming from with that, but it is a, it's a great marketing. <laughs> I'm happy to explain. <laughs> I please do. It has nothing to do with word association. I'm, I like. I've tried. I spent that whole time that you were talking. Trying well, to it's it's primarily word from. word based clues, right? You have to you have to come sure. up with a word based clue based like, upon a certain spread of the board, right? And so. The, <laughs> The spy master, the person giving the clue, has to keep a poker face. Uh, everybody uh-huh. has to interpret like you want to be. I guess you don't have to be vague, but you're 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 going to be vague by design of the game, and so there will be some back and forth of which way to go. You have both teams being involved, paying attention because the other team wants to get the points of like knowing where it is. I'm with you when it's the a clue right. giving game. I'm with you I'm- there. <laughs> I just give you the same feeling. I'm with you that everything is written primarily in English. There you uh, go. See? There see? are Grant's words. Grant's got my back. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But any, that any game aside, that has words. I agree with everything you said. Wavelength is, is fantastic. Very memorable play experiences come from, yeah. from Wavelength. Yeah. And I would for sure. I mean, do you think Codenames and Wavelength are more alike than Codenames in So Clover, or Codenames in Decrypto. Yeah, I thought you were like, going to say Decrypto, and you there. said yeah. Codenames, I, I was like, it's going to be I do a... think Codenames in Wavelength are, really? are more alike than any oh. of those games. Uh, yeah, I, it's because wow. of the feeling. It's the feeling mm. of... It's the feeling of the group, right? It's it's sort of well, that group energy that... It's a cleverness that feeling. Forward. Like a yeah. cleverness when you come up with yeah. a good clue. I'll give you that. Yeah. I think both yeah. games have that really well. Um, yeah, decrypto. You're 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 working too much in tandem. I think it's the team structure as well that that really mm. sets it in with with code names, yeah. and that's why like I would take that over uh, a, a harder comparison to code names with wavelength than like so clover or decrypto as as your other examples yeah. because like in that everybody's working on their own thing, but the the sort of pass and play structure as well sure. of wavelength uh, gets people involved more quickly than code names, and I think it's that that aspect and that feeling of that team nature that gets to rotate yeah. quicker mm-hmm. that, that I like specifically more. I'll, also, I'll, I'll bring up a game too, because this is an interesting time to bring it up. Last year, a game came out called catch the vibe. And has anybody played? It's a new party game. Uh-huh. It is. I've seen it. As, I haven't played it. It is not as good as wavelength. So if you're going with one, it's it go with wavelength, but I'm glad that catch the vibe exists because it's essentially wavelength without having to think of a clever clue. So if you are with people that really don't like being in that hot seat or really don't want to have like newer gamers that are uncomfortable having to come up with something clever, catch the vibe is essentially there is rather than having, uh, you know, coming up with this, what it is, there's just a X, Y axis and there are two things on the X, Y axis and you put your thing down at one of the spots and everybody else has to guess where you put the spot. So it's still that same thing of mm-hmm. like, hot. this one is hot, cold, and this one is old or young. And then a topic comes up and you just put where your vibe is on that. And so it's sort of wavelength, but without right. having the pressure of coming up with a clever clue. So right. yeah. and don't, I do want to like I would still rather play wavelength, but I just think yeah. that this is a good one that exists sort of as an almost easier entry point to that. Yeah, sort of absolutely. Game. That's especially the for pitfall with groups, all of these yeah. games where yeah. there is a hot yeah. seat. Someone is a clue giver that can always be sometimes a hang up for new gamers who get who get kind of anxious for it. So I'm glad that that exists. I've seen it on like social media, but I have I didn't know how it played. So that's cool. Yeah. But I think that's also why I like Wavelength more than Codenames is because the pressure is a lot less, right? You don't yeah. have one person yeah. having all the, the whole pressure game with one master. Bad clue. Exactly. Yeah. You, it's Got just it. like, okay, that was the, that was a, that was a chance you rotate through your team. You're, you're going to go once every eight rounds, right? You're going to play with like eight people mm-hmm. or six people or something. Mm-hmm. And so like, it, it feels, it feels a lot, a lot less stressful and uh, you can get more experienced players to go first that people get, get a sense and then usually by that time i found yeah. that newer players are always like ready to jump in after they see a couple rounds right of course yeah yeah, yeah. uh chris is not gonna let this go ray he thinks coach Hips is exactly like uh wavelength i'm so, gonna there it is i'm backing off I'm <laughs> they, both come in boxes. <laughs> they, both, they both come in boxes <laughs> but i agree there are that pieces. i like wavelength more so there are cards agree. with words on them okay. you know what chris you're right you're totally to right you. i've I've seen the light. <laughs> Both of them require you to wear a full spy costume. 
<laughs> it comes in the box. <laughs> That's a deluxe copy. It's a deluxe edition. Deluxe edition. Yeah, there it is. All right. Great choice, Chris. Let's move on to our number four. And Ray, mm. this is your choice for our collective list of top party games. All right. So this this is the game, which maybe maybe was the pre-show that I talked about it, that got me in trouble when I put this on my list. Uh, Andrew, the, the coordinator of the show, uh, yelled at me because he couldn't find any pictures of this game. So I hope you enjoy the pictures that I took of this game last minute before the show started because he couldn't, the BGG page is like barren. There's like nothing on this game. Yep. So I hope you enjoy the really bad photos that I took in my living room uh, before the show today. My number four is a game called In Cahoots. Uh, and this is, I do not know how this game came into my possession. I think my mom found it at a yard sale in the nineties. I have not met, met another living soul that has ever heard of this game, but I have probably played this game more than any other board game, like period, more than code names, even after like working for CGE. I think I have played more in cahoots than any other game in existence. Wow. So, <laughs> but now I'm like, I feel like I have to defend it. Cause it's like, is it the best party game ever? No. Is it my favorite? Yes. And here's why. In In Cahoots, you're going to be all sitting around with these little standees in front of you that are going to have a two-word phrase on them, and they're going to be facing away from you. So like in Heads Up or whatever, where everyone can see your card except you. And on your turn, you're going to roll this. I think it's a D12. And it's going to give you a number, and that's both going to indicate who you're giving clues to and how many clues you can give. And I think it ranges from like one or two to nine. And that amount of clues is how many words you can give someone to help them guess the standee that they have in front of them. So say someone has like balance beam, right? And you roll a four. You have to get them to guess balance beam in four words. And so it's a fun little creative wordplay of trying to come up with like synonyms or as few clues as possible to get them to guess that. If you get them to guess that word in less than four, you can take the remainder of your clues and go to somebody else. So you're incentivized to do it in as little words as possible so that you can then move on to someone else and get more points. You get points based on however many times you guess your own word and how many times you help someone else guess their word, do not think about the scoring very hard. It's very unbalanced and makes no sense. This is one of those <laughs> games to not bring out to someone who's going to overgame the game because it doesn't really make a ton of sense, but that's fine. We just play it. We just play it for fun. And the other important thing is that if you ever get stuck, if you're trying to get someone to guess balance beam, you've run out of your four words, that person leaves their card up for another two attempts. And that's one of my favorite things about this game is that so this person can now have two more people come to them and give clues. So it keeps everyone at the table engaged, even if they're not the clue giver or receiver, because later, if you roll that person who still has balance beam, you can build off of the clues that were given prior, uh, which is a really fun way to keep everybody engaged. And in addition, if the person ever says either the word balance or beam, the clue giver can say, we're in cahoots. So maybe they're like balance, balance rope, or they're like getting stuck. They can't pull the term balance beam out of their head, but they say balance. You can say we're in cahoots. So now the person knows, okay, one of the two words in my two word phrase is balance. And there's something weird and I have a hard time explaining it. The fact that they're all two word phrases is just more fun than a random phrase or a one word because you can kind of it both helps and hinders. You know one of the words is balanced, but I find for some reason people can get really stuck when they know one of the words. It almost like clogs mm. up their brain. They get so fixated on like balance what? Balance ba what balance? Like they get stuck on that. And it is just my favorite in this genre of guess a word, like of your password or your heads up. It's just mm. my favorite in that genre. We've also made custom cards. We've played this game so much that now I've mentioned my... My partner's in medical school. We have a whole medical in cahoots deck that's all two-word medical phrases, customizable if you're a weirdo like me and you like to do that to your games. Uh, yeah, that's in cahoots. If anyone has heard of this game, let me know. I'll like give you a dollar or something. I've never met anyone who knows this game. <laughs> is it a revolutionary party game? No, it is not. But I have had just the most fun playing this game over it the past. It sounds great. Like, yeah, you know what it reminds me of? My collection forever. It reminds me of code names. Uh, uh, seriously. Like, <laughs> no, you know how you could build off of previous clues? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, that reminds it has me of that it. feeling. But instead of absolutely. one word, you're using two words. So, yeah. Uh, what do you think about that, Chris? Uh, I think you're way off. Uh, we're not on the same way playing throughout. <laughs> you're a fool. There's nothing like code names out there. It's completely unique, unless you're talking about Wavelength, which is a carbon copy. <laughs> 
Um, I've never heard of this game, I, and I, yeah. I would totally play it, though, Ray. I, I, <laughs> yeah. It sounds fun. Um, I'll bring it to a convention someday. Again, it doesn't revolutionize anything. It's just so good. It does this genre the best, I think, Yeah, uh, truly. How yeah, it sounds, it sounds awesome. Sounds great. How long would I, a game normally take? I was just take? thinking about, yeah. However long you want it to take. Is it you just play one of those? Roll loosey-goosey. Yeah, Got it. for sure. Okay, cool. Play right until on. it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> or not fun anymore. Yeah, play till not, it's not fun anymore. That's cool. Sure. I love that we went. You, know, you had a deep dive here on the list because I feel like we've heard most of these games, but <laughs> none of us, yeah, had heard of. Uh, well, that's yeah. why I, I'm going to yeah. go through a lot of ones on my short list during the the after show. Yep. But I wanted to put this on the list because I'm like, I guarantee no one has heard of this. My other ones yeah. that were on my list are ones that people have heard of before. But I wanted to give a shout out to Inkhoots. I don't even know if you can buy it anymore, but if you find it at a yard sale, well, pick it up. It's you great. Can, you I can just... buy it when the op publishes it. There we go. When we bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing about how much of a deep cut, th cut this game is is that in the rule book the only social media that this publisher has listed is their snapchat if that tells you anything about, like, how seriously they took the publishing of this game that's great snapchat <laughs> and it dates it a little bit it's like learn more about our game on our myspace page you know <laughs> mm -hmm. it's okay. just a fax number yes yeah. a fax number oh my gosh all right Great number four, Ray. Let's move on to our number three game. Uh, this is uh, back to me. Uh, another newish uh, game that I feel like it's probably out of the games we've talked about so far. Probably the one with the most like a gamery, uh, most gamery, I guess. Is that a word? Uh, it is now. I say it is. Uh, this is our number collective number three. Ready, set, bet. Um, I'm a huge fan of John D. Clare and any game that uh, he puts out, I'm immediately interested in, especially one that involves gambling or fake gambling. Uh, this is uh, a day at the racetrack. You're betting on the ponies with your friends and fa or indoor family. And what it is, it's a real-time game during the race. You're going to be rolling dice and moving the little horses and placing bets in real time on this like big old like roulette-style sheet here. And as you do that... You're going to get better odds if you get um, your bet in earlier. If it's later, then you won't get as good odds. And at the end of the race, the horse, the, the horses that come in first, second, or third, win players for show, you're going to get um, money back depending on how well your horse did. So you might get 10 to 1, 5 to 1 odds, whatever. So you're collecting more money. And at the end of the game, the most money wins. Now, here's the thing I was talking about gamery aspects to it. Uh, the gamery aspects are, <clears throat> after each race... You're going to get uh, cards that are basically special abilities. Um, I forget the name of the cards, but basically you have something that's going to break the rules of the game, right? So normally you cannot bet on another space that another player has. One of the cards you may have is like, hey, you can you can now bet on another player's space. Uh, other things give you bonuses, on uh, ongoing bonuses. Um, other things give you money depending on what you um, someone has rolled. And there are exotic bets, so you can bet on uh, combinations like, hey, the blue horse, any blue horse will beat a red horse, or you want the orange horse to win, or whatever. So there's a lot going on here, more than what you would think of like a just straight up um, uh, betting game. And that's what I really, uh, really appreciate about this. They've taken steps to like ensure that this is easy enough for anyone to walk in off the street or whatever and play where it's like, hey, just take, here's some fake money, place it on a fake horse. And if you, if that comes in first, you win. But then John DeClaire, as he fake? always does, he does yeah. this genius thing. <laughs> just about to make that joke. <laughs> Wait, what joke? I totally missed the joke. You got to say it. These horses are fake? <gasps> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, what John DeClaire does here, and you can see one of the cards there, um, certain horses um, are going to finish in certain positions. You'll get money for that. But also you have uh, things that break the rules of the game, and that's what I love. Uh, so many different things going on here for what I thought was going to be a simple, simple game. Turns out to be a lot of fun, and... If you know anything about my family, we loved, you know, back in the day, we loved going to the horse races and, you know, what you think of horse races, I, I totally get it. It's, it's uh, um, not not the nicest sport, but, you know, these are fake horses, so they're fine. They're Everything's okay. And uh, you can bet on them and have a good time. And it it's one of the loudest games that I've ever played. Like, it in, inevitably, wherever I play this in news and gaming conventions, everyone starts out, You're everything's fine. I'm going to bet on this. But once that timer starts and once someone starts rolling those dice, move those horses, everyone starts yelling. And it really captures the spirit of being at the racetrack. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And that's why it's our collective number three on the list. Ready, set, bet. 
I can definitely attest this is the loudest game I think I've ever played. I first I got to actually demo this game from the designer when I was at GamesCon Canada with CGE. And if you've ever worked for a booth before, you know, like you have very little free time to actually go to a convention when you're working a convention. Mm-hmm. And I had like one 15 minute break. And I was like, I need to know what's going on in this corner because all day, every day I'm just hearing screaming <laughs> from like the back of the hall. And I was like, I don't care if I play anything else. I need to know what on earth is going on at that booth that has everybody screaming. Um, And yeah, I will say this isn't my favorite because it's like, it's so chaotic, but it also is on the crunchier side. But that's also, I only demoed it once and I was demoing it with a bunch of people who didn't know each other and had a variety of skill levels. I think I would definitely give this game a second chance. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a really cool concept, though, for sure. Yeah, I would, uh, I would say, Ray, definitely give it a, a, another chance okay. uh, because here's the thing. So the as the race develops, and each race you're going to get these cards that are you know give you the special abilities, ongoing bosses, and whatnot. Here's the thing: if you're playing with strictly just uh, super casual gamers or people for the first time. You don't even have to include mm. those things. Just do the straight yeah. up, you know, rolling the dice, moving the horse, and and doing uh and betting. And that's that's super simple. And people, you know, gravitate towards that again once you start rolling the dice. Some, I don't know what it is, but the volume always increases <laughs> uh, when you play this game. Uh, but for sure, yeah. But for gamers, I definitely recommend playing all four races in each. Uh, like the first race is straight up, and then the second, third, and fourth. That's where you add in all the uh, extra goodies. Ruel, your your first pick in this uh, stream was my number one party game of 2022, and Ready Set Bet was my number two party game of 2022. Oh wow! <laughs> wow, Grant, we're on the same nice. way. We're on the same wavelength, my friend. Unlike yeah. code names, that has nothing to do with yeah. code names. It's wavelength. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Nice. Like you two are in cahoots. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey! <laughs> All these callbacks, I love it. Uh, let's move on to our number two game, Grant. I am curious to find out what your number two game um, of all-time party game is right now. Well, uh, everybody's going to have egg on their face right now because <laughs> number two is ranked higher than number five, and number two is code names. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I think, well, I think we all agreed that number five was actually our number one. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Uh, So, codenames for two reasons I have it this high. Uh, One, Codenames is one of the only games that I've ever played that can be anything to anyone. It can feel super thinky. It can feel wild and silly. It can be, it, it is what you need it to be for that group. You are playing, the people you play with this game with, it sort of adapts to the group that you're playing it with. And I don't know, like Wavelength is always pretty much going to be a little bit thinky. But I've played Codenames where it's just dumb and silly and people are laughing the whole time. I've played Codenames where it's quiet and everybody's trying to think of the most clever clue. And I just don't think there are many games that sort of adapt to the group playing it like Codenames does. Uh, And then, you know, the other reason I have it this high is an emotional connection. This is the game that got me into modern board games. So, and I think that that's probably true for a lot of people. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't know that there has been a game that's created as many gamers in the last 10 years as Codenames. And so, you know, I... I, I, I'll, I will always love it for that aspect, for introducing me to the great white world of uh, modern board games, you know? That's great. So, yeah, this, yeah. yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Of course. I, re- I remember when it came out. I'd just been in the hobby for like a year, maybe, and this came out, and it just it exploded. And it never, like, really, it never went away. Like, it's still one of the top party games out there, and people still play it and talk about it we enjoy it. You know what Codenames is just like? It's just like Wavelength, um, yeah. Chris. It's like, it's just it. like Codenames. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, Codenames them... feels like Codenames. Yeah, 2015. <laughs> yeah. I was. I thought it was 2015. I just looked it up. Yeah. I don't know, 2015. But yeah, and I probably that's... got... I, I mean, how many games, though, that, like, I probably got my copy in 2016, mm-hmm. and I still play it. I don't yeah. play it as much as I did at the time I got it or whatever, but it is still a game that makes it to the table and I have fun with, and there aren't many games 
like that that I've been playing consistently for that many years. Yeah, yeah. I think no, you can. You, it, it truly is like when I think of an evergreen game, like the definition of an evergreen game. Codenames is the first thing that comes to mind, and I feel like it's one of the more recent evergreen games. I can't think of another game that really has solidified that. Um, that will be that you just know it's going to be played forever. Um, yeah. kind yeah. of more recently than Codenames. And you can um, and, I, and you can tell too with with the number of different offshoots that they're that are out there, right? Yeah. There's Codenames Disney, Codenames Marvel, like the licensing. Like I've never seen a, I haven't seen a game get licensed well, in such a way for so and, long. Yeah, and I also agree that like just like we were kind of saying about Dixit in the chat earlier, mm-hmm. all the games get compared to Codenames, just yeah. like you yep. get compared to Dixit, like this sort of created a whole genre almost. It right. creates like a shorthand. You're like, oh, it's like code names. Yeah. That yeah. is something that everyone can yeah. understand. Um and it's really it's been really cool because I um I worked for this this publisher for a couple of years and I got to firsthand experience like the modern renaissance of this game. So this got a lot of people into the the hobby now who've now been in the hobby for you know like five plus years. Um, but there's been a really interesting resurgence with this game online. Uh, since we, yes. since they, uh, CGE released Codenames Online, the free browser version of mm-hmm. this game, it got massively picked up by like mainstream content creators like XQC, Pokimane, Valkyrie, like like the biggest streamers in the world play Codenames. It was the weirdest thing when I was there to see people who play like Fortnite, Fortnite and Among Us also playing Codenames like in the same stream and people like knew what it was was the weirdest thing there's, I have this poster behind me that is a Codenames like, promotional poster that I made that has a bunch of streamers on it who just like love the game. It's been really yeah. cool. So now it's hitting a whole yeah. new younger audience, cool. which is just, it's just going to be evergreen. It's going to just keep doing doing that and bringing new people into the hobby. And it's it's really cool. It's one of those games where whether or not you like it, you can't take away from what it did for the hobby. It's the same sort of thing like what I talked about with Wingspan. Like it, it brings people yeah. into the hobby, whether or not you like it, that is a good thing to bring new people into the space. I mean, even like Catan, like I don't yeah. really want to play Catan 100%. anymore. I got respect for what it did for the hobby. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, that's right. All right. Great, great call. Uh, let's, we've got one more friends and we're going to go back to Mexico and Richard's got our number one <laughs> top party game of all time right here okay i'm back and for the number one on the list and my personal number one i am continuing on my quest for party games that work well for two players and this one goes one step further it could even be played solo as a fun fun game what is it what is this bit of crazy party sorcery it is how dare you which is so good it pushed into my top 20 games of 2023 i absolutely adore this game it is the party game that you can play anywhere it's basically trivial pursuit done well as a really smart sharp design all it is folks is a deck of cards you just uh, take it out shuffle it up and you can play with anybody anywhere standing in line whatever or you can play by yourself how does it work what makes it so much fun well you're gonna get a card you're gonna pick a random number and that's going to give you a topic and the lead player has to guess what is the correct number for that topic like this is the back of the box there aren't really very many pictures of this on board game geek but i think if we zoom in you can see okay like you could get a card about solar system stuff how many earths are there in jupiter Take your best guess. Uh, you are the lead player. It's an educated guess as best you can. How many Earths are there in Jupiter? I don't know, but if I'm the lead player, I'm going to take a stab at it. I'm going to say uh, 50. And then when it comes around to you, you have to risk because you either raise the number. You say 50, what are you talking about? It's like 120 at least. And then it goes to the next player who either raises the number again. This is a push your luck game or decides to say, no, there's no way there's 500 Earths in Jupiter. Somebody eventually says, how dare you? Um, and they say, how dare you say there are 500 Earths in Jupiter? They basically call the bluff of the last person. And then we look on the other side of the card and we find out what the number is. And um, if whoever made the last bid went over the, the limit, you know, went too high, they end up taking the card as a penalty for losing points. But if the person who called them, who said, how dare you, is the one 
who uh, was wrong because it turns out, no, there's actually 1,200 Earths can fit in Jupiter. I don't know what the number is. Say down in the show notes or down in the comments if you think you know the answer, folks. Uh, but anyway, um, if they uh, got it wrong, they get stuck for the person who called the bluff. So this is a high-stakes game of just raising and raising and raising higher until you're pretty sure, no, that's impossible. And then you call, how dare you? And there's actually some advanced rules where somebody could say, well, how dare you? And push back and double the stakes. The game is super sharp, super brilliant, so much gameplay. And it's, like I said, it's even fun to play by yourself and see how well you can score um, and uh, just play it as like a little uh, series of trivia because there are so many. Uh, how many cards are in this box? I forget, but each card has like five entries. There's tons and tons of replay in this game. And I hope in 2024 this goes wider because everybody should have a copy of How Dare You um, in their back pocket, in their backpack, in their purse or whatever, uh, because you could play it anywhere. And I guarantee you, everybody will have an amazing time. This game is a miracle of design, and that's why it's number one. How dare you? It's just a shame about the box art, which is not great. But otherwise, I love everything about it. All right, back to you guys. Yeah, that box art has a lot to be desired. But another game that I've never <laughs> heard of. How dare um, you? How dare you? Well, interesting uh, concept. I I do enjoy a trivia game every now and then, but uh, this one seems pretty cool. It's uh, like my favorite trivia game is probably Wits and Wagers. I, I like that one a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this one seems interesting. I, I like the uh, that whole... Again, uh, I do like almost like a gambling aspect as far as like, hey, how yeah. far do you want to push? And uh, what I'm trying to say is I have a gambling problem, folks. Uh, that, that's all there is to say. Um, you but, did pick Ready, Set, Bet. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'll be going to gambling, Gamblers point. Anonymous after this. Uh, no, but seriously, I think this looks like a fun game. And it seems like Richard's pushing for this one to be signed as well. So just happens to have uh, Ray here from the op. So, uh, Ray, I'll let you comment on that. Yeah. No, this looks great. One of my biggest great. I love trivia games, but mm -hmm. I tend to not love them when there is a, like, you just know the answer or you yep, don't. Yeah. I love when it's a relative. Everybody, it, it's a leveler, right? When everyone's yep. kind of shooting yeah. in the dark. And I love that, that push your luck element. It's not like you're betting on, like, oh, who got it right? It's you can continue to to push it. I think that's brilliant. I agree. Yep. Box art leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, it's but terrible. the gameplay sounds great. And I love that it's... Um, but it plays at a low player count. That is, I, I commend Richard for trying to find games that fit the party genre that work at such low play counts because that's that's hard to do. And this, yeah. this looks like a great one. Yeah. Well, I guess any trivia game can kind of play at a low player count. You for can sure. just sit sure. and read the cards yourself, right? Like, yeah. And, but and a, see a trivia you know game that's trivia. good enough to be like your favorite party <laughs> game, that's impressive. That is yeah. definitely. Okay. So yeah. there you go, friends. The top 10 party games click on the uh, show notes below let us know what your favorite party game is and be sure to click on that like and subscribe button and did you know there is an extended edition of the show we got to know grant a lot better during that extended edition so click on that link and hear all the chat and we also do a bunch of games that didn't make the list so we're going to record that we're recording this live right now on twitch we're going to record that and y'all can see that by clicking on that link uh but until next time i want to say thank you for watching this has been the rnr show episode 82 until next time we'll see you later take care